this is week number four in our series that we're calling Legacy, and uh, we've been laying out the vision, the future vision of our church and all, and uh, I am really, really excited about a big announcement that I'll be making in just one moment. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to jump right into the message. If you have your Valley app, uh, if you'll go ahead and open that up, I think you'll want to follow along. Uh, this message this weekend we're, we're calling is really what the strategy is, pray, give, go. Pray, give, go. That's really uh, what we're all about. That's what we're asking the Valley family, to pray. Uh, to give and then to go be Jesus' hands and feet. And uh, as I was preparing this last message, working on it, and I had probably, and honestly, it's, I've been working on this for about five or six months, actually. Uh, but what is putting together this last message, um, there's a verse that just came, you know, to my mind as I was studying. And, and I don't want to look at that first. Uh, Psalm 65, verse 11, puts it this way. It says, you crown the year with bountiful harvest, even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. And the fact about the matter is, uh, this is year number 27 for me as a pastor uh, here on staff at this church. Uh, 24 years as the lead pastor, the senior pastor. I think this has probably been the hardest year of my life. Uh, there's a number of reasons for that, um, and, and a lot because just so much being pulled in so many different directions. Uh, just this fall even, uh, we hosted the Connexus Conference for our network you know, that was here. Uh, then we went right into this legacy trip to Germany. Uh, we've been planning and working so much behind the scenes. This week, for instance, I think I did about 30% pastoring, and about 70% was probably uh, building and project development, uh, which I didn't go to school for. Uh, so it's just a, a lot of pulling in different directions. But I remember this verse, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest, even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. And that is exactly what 2017, I would say, has been for me. It has been hard, but you know what? It overflows with abundance. Let me give you a couple of reasons why I say that. Year-to-date salvations, year-to-date number of people who have put their faith in Jesus Christ for the first time through Valley Christian Church, 201 people. That's crazy. 201. Think about this for just a minute. The average size church in America is 75 people. 75 people, a few more, and we will have, in essence, seen three churches filled with new converts. New believers in Jesus Christ just since January. And last year we had 134 total. 60 of those were in our Christmas services. Christmas is still coming. We really are praying as a staff. We believe that number is going to be over 300 by the end of this year. And, and, and we think that there's a real great possibility about that. And also year to date, we've baptized 88 people since January 1st here at Valley Christian Church. 88 people have gone public with their faith and following Jesus' example and Jesus' commandment to be baptized. Again, last year in perspective, 54 people. So we were just seeing all kinds of crazy, incredible fruit. In fact, in this series, as I'm talking about the vision of the church and all that legacy, we've seen seven people receive Christ as their Savior in the last three weeks. I mean, that's just kind of nuts when you think about, you know, even the topic. And all. It's almost like I feel like I could just read out of the phone book and someone would give their heart to Jesus because God's doing, uh, God's doing this. It's not what I'm saying. It's not what the music or the lighting or anything. It 
is really what God is doing. And so uh, it really has been even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. And the fact about the matter is the reason why I share this is just so you understand. I think sometimes because we're four different weekend services, two different locations, it's hard to really get a grip on all that God is actually doing in and through the Valley family that you're a part of. I mean, this is a win. We win together. In fact, I'd put it this way. None of us are as good as all of us. None of us are as good as all of us are. We, we do this together. It's a team effort. And the thing I love about Valley is it is truly a team. It is a major, major team. Behind the scenes, getting set up, getting ready, planning, executing, uh, you know, welcoming people, setting up in Poughkeepsie, all those things, pouring a cup of coffee. It's a team effort. And, and so in very truly, none of us are as good as all of us. Are. And so I want to talk about this strategy that we have as we're uh, concluding legacy right now. And, and this is what we're asking of the Valley family. And you'll see on your chairs, you got this brochure again uh, about the four legacy lanes and what we're doing. We also have on our website a whole page dedicated to this that goes into a lot more detail than even in the brochure. Uh, and in fact, it was pretty cool. So we look at these legacy lanes, valley, and then locally and nationally and internationally. Even today, I got a message uh, from my good friend, Pastor Yuri uh, Semenyuk over in Tiraspol, Transnistria. And, and he actually said that his children's pastor and her husband are actually coming to the United States in a month. And he said, they're going to be in New York City. Can they come and stay with you, Greg and Susie, uh, for a little while? And can you train them in how you do children's ministry so they can bring that back to literally the other side of the world? And so it's just crazy to think how just Valley is multiplying, multiplying, and having an impact literally all the way over on the other side of the world as well. These legacy lanes aren't just a theory. They're working, and they're doing, we're doing them right now. And so let's talk about this uh, pray, give, go strategy. First of all, we're just asking the Valley family to pray. Nothing happens. The kingdom of God, God does nothing apart from prayer. It all starts with prayer. And so it's so important, and that's why we're having our 40 days of prayer and devotion. I hope you're following along with that. Uh, that uh, Randy's doing a great job. Randy Hood, our, our campus director here in Hopewell, uh, of every single morning, 7 o'clock, posting that on Facebook. Just takes a minute, but it helps us to focus and be on target, that we would pray, first of all. In, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 through 38, Jesus is speaking here. It says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And that's what we're praying for because this isn't about, you know, those that are on staff doing the work. It's a team effort, all of us together. In fact, just this week, I was talking with a friend of mine, a businessman, and he was actually making an appointment. He told me this story. He was making an appointment with someone who was coming up uh, to visit in the area uh, that, that, that possibly he was going to be able to sign a contract with and, and they said well why not well, why don't we do this on Wednesday night he's like oh, I can't do it on Wednesday night I've got something going on at my church and he's like okay and then they changed it to a different time and then they met for lunch and while they're talking and all uh, at the end of the conversation after they've talked about the business deal this this stranger you've never met him before he goes let me ask you something what did you mean you had something to do at your church and he goes well I, I go to church I'm very involved with my church and, and it was actually a small group that was meeting and I'm a part of that. And he's like, seriously? And then the man in our church, he said, yeah, well, why does that surprise you? They started this conversation, and it turns out 
this guy opens his whole entire life up to this man in our church at the 84 diner sitting there in a booth. And he just answers all these different questions that he has about faith in Jesus Christ. And he laughingly told me the story. He goes, you know what? I didn't get the contract. <laughs> he said, but I've been in touch with the guy since then, and he's still asking more and more questions about my faith in Jesus Christ. See, see it's, it's not about pastors doing the pastor stuff. It's about all of us being available. That's what we talked about even in our series, Spheres. You are where you are for his sake. And so we need more workers, and those workers aren't necessarily, you know, drawing a salary from the church. It's just, God, I'm willing, whoever you put in my path, I'm willing to engage the conversation. I'm willing to be Jesus' hands and Jesus' feet. And we need to pray that there's more and more, that, that more and more each and every one of us step out in our faith and are willing to just show the love of Jesus Christ to those who are around us. Nothing significant happens on this earth unless we pray first. We need to pray. Secondly, then we give. And that's all we've asked. We've just, we're no arm twisting, nothing like that. We've just asked the Valley family, pray about what God wants you to do to be involved with this uh, legacy initiative that we have expanding uh, in these four lanes that, that brochure there tells you about. And, and just to pray about it. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27 and 28, it says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. The Bible says when it's within your power to help someone, don't withhold that from them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. If it's within your power to do something right now, don't say, you know, take two aspirin and call me in the morning. Do it now. Do it now. And so we've asked the Valley family, just pray. And we're asking you just to pray. And then to do what it is that God's, God speaks to your heart to do, to give. And we've looked at this throughout the series. I want to put it up one more time, this generosity ladder. And this is all we're asking. Just identify where you are on this ladder and just take the next step. We're not asking anyone to do anything crazy or nuts. Just identify where you are and take that step. Take that next step together. And all of us takes that one step together. That goal that we have of, that we feel like is, is really the number uh, that we need to do everything that God's put in our hearts to do over the next year or so, uh, $750,000 additional dollars, we'll be able to do that and then some. It, it will not even be an issue. And so if you're a first-time giver, taking that step to being an occasional giver, occasional giver to intentional, that means you have some sort of plan, some sort of rhyme or reason. Every month I do this up to... Uh, 10%. 10% is tithing. That's the Bible word for 10th. 10%. It means tithing. Bold is above and beyond tithing. So just taking that step, a generosity step together. And so a big date coming up for us is, is our Legacy Commitment Weekend. That's Sunday, November the 19th. Sunday, November the 19th is when we're asking all the Valley family to fill out this Legacy card uh, that you have also in your brochure, this commitment card, uh, and, and just saying, this is the step we're taking. And on the card, you'll see it actually has, I'm stepping up too. And we're asking you to check that off. You know why? We want to celebrate your next step. We want to celebrate that step that you're taking. Like, you know what? I am going to, like the Bible said, grow in the grace of giving. And so we're asking you to check that off, and, and we'll have actually a commitment weekend where everyone will fill one of these out, and, and we'll put these in. And we'll just, we're going to trust God, and we're just going to do what it is put in our hearts to do. And so 
actually a couple weeks ago, I met with what we call our legacy partners. They're like our big core in the church, leaders in the church. And I share with them all the details that you've heard now uh, over the last three weeks. I shared it with them early so they had even more time to think and pray and ask questions about it. And then I asked them, I said, as a leader, would you make an advanced commitment? Would you make an advanced commitment? Because leaders go first. That's what leaders do. And you know what? Once again, I have been completely blown away by the leader, by the heart of the Valley family. You amaze me. You never cease to amaze me. And I want to share with you that advanced commitment, and they're still coming in, literally. People are still praying about it, still coming in. That advanced commitment that a small group in the church has made. Let's go ahead and show that. Advanced leadership commitment, 32 families, $248,000. That's absolutely amazing. That's almost a third from 32 families. Now, let me put that in perspective. Our church has between 350 and 400 families. 350 and 400 families. Just 32 families have committed to give $248,000. We're a third of the way to the goal already. And I don't know about you, but I just think God deserves a lot of glory for that. How about that? Now, here's the thing. Like I said, they're literally, these commitments are still coming in. That number's actually wrong. <laughs> that number's actually wrong because even as I was coming out of here, got a tug on the elbow, I was informed that number is actually not right. It's 33 families and it's 251,000. So another family, two, uh, 33 families and $251,000. And, and so that's what leaders do. And, and Susie and I are in that number, and staff's in that number, and other leaders in the church are in that number. Leaders go first and all we have to do is everyone take that step and we'll kill that remaining five hundred thousand dollars or so it, it won't even be close and so I, I am so humbled to be uh the pastor of such a great church family that is so incredibly generous and so the other date that's coming up that's important for us to be aware of is Legacy Kickoff Weekend. That's Sunday, December the 10th. That's when we're simply going to ask everyone made the commitment. Now just do the best you can. Just, just do the best that you can to just get that started. Uh, even today I was on the phone with, with all kinds of people in the town and contractors and environmental people and all this, talking to one of the contractors, you, you know, and, and we were talking about the budget. Like we need a budget. We have to put out a budget. That's why this is so important uh, to know. The Bible makes it real clear to count the cost before you build something. Jesus talked about that. And, and so we this is going to help us so much in the working of that budget is that kickoff weekend, Sunday, December the 10th. And so first is pray, then is give, and then is go. Romans chapter 10, verse 15 puts it this way. And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And this, this verse always makes me laugh, you know, it really does. Because I don't believe anyone's feet are beautiful. I've never seen a pair of feet that are like, oh, those are gorgeous. It just doesn't happen. That's why we cover those things up. I ask the people on the worship team not to wear, you know, flip-flops or anything. I don't want to be looking at that grody toenail uh, while you're up here. No offense, Brandon, or anything like that. I wasn't talking about you. Uh, you, you know, but it's so amazing that it even says, this verse says, how beautiful are the feet. I mean, feet look better when it's the messenger bringing the good news. It makes people ugly feet, ugly dogs looking really pretty when they're bringing good news and that's that's the role that all of us have is to go is to go in fact you're going to hear about it a little bit later but but in the month of december we're starting a christmas series like we normally do and we're encouraging you 
bring your friends as well. Invite your friends. It's going to be a great series called The Family Tree. We're going to be looking back at Jesus' family tree. And we're going to realize that in Jesus' family tree, there were a lot of folks that had a lot of the same issues that you and I struggle with. And yet God brought incredible, great glory through that family tree through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we're, we're just encouraging you to invite your friends so that they hear the good news. And we want to do all that we can to empower you to share that good news with your friends as well in the month of December, especially as we're coming up on our new series, The Family Tree. Last week, we talked about this a little bit, this whole idea that we're living stones. And I want to go back to it because really, as living stones, we're better together. You know, a brick doesn't do much good just by itself, does it? Unless maybe it's keeping a door open or something like that. But the whole idea of bricks of living stones is that they're built together. And when they're built together, they become something incredibly strong, something incredibly powerful. And the Bible talks about you and I are living stones and we're better together. Let's look at it again. We looked at this last week, but I want to drill down a little bit deeper. First Peter chapter two, verse five. It says, you also like living stones, he's speaking to Christians, the apostle Peter, the Holy Spirit is speaking through him to me and to you. You also like living stones, this analogy, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. He's not talking to pastors, he's talking to every Christian, every single Christian. And I hope we made this really clear in our, our series called Spheres, every single one of us. You're built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We're living stones and God is shaping us and God is forming us. And one of the things I love going on right now even is our, our growth track class where, where people come and it's so important. We want to do all that we can to help people discover their unique gift in the way God created you so you can fulfill God's purpose for your life. And it goes on right now and hope well, every one of our services right now as I speak, people are going through growth track. And you can discover where you fit in. And life really finds purpose in meaning when we discover where do I fit into God's plan. And so this is something that we want for everyone in our church family. This whole idea like living stones, offering spiritual sacrifices. And what does that mean? That means really what we're talking about in this whole series to be intentional, to be deliberate, to think through what it is as we've laid out the vision over the last few weeks, to think through what it is, that, God, what do you want me to do? And then whatever it is that he tells you, just do that. Just do that. Pray through it. We're all at different places. And, and as I was thinking about the finale of this, uh, this, this message series, I thought about, you know, there's really three different kinds of people that I think are in the Valley family. Maybe you're a first time guest even. And, and I want to just spend the rest of the time that we have just talking about the three different kinds of people because I think there's a challenge for each and every one of us, no matter where you are. Maybe, maybe you're a first-time guest. Maybe you're a real new Christian. Maybe you've been a Christian for years and years and years. I, I think we're, we're all different places along that spectrum. Pretty much can go into three different sections. And I think there's an opportunity for every one of us to grow no matter where we find ourselves. And so... To those that would be like new, real baby Christians, new Christians, what I would say is this, do what you should do. Just do what you should do. Do what you should do. Jesus tells us what we should do. 
Luke chapter 16, verses 10 and 11. This is where it's like, we read these words of Jesus. These are, these are the ones we don't like reading much. Luke chapter 16, verse 10 and 11. Jesus says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Look at this now. So if you have been trustworthy, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Do you realize what he's talking about? This is what we talked about at the beginning, eternal perspective. Jesus is saying, God is watching how you handle the stuff in this life. Do you handle it in a way that glorifies him? Then you'll be trusted in true riches in the life to come. But if you don't, if you don't handle it the right way, if you've been untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? What are true riches? Eternal riches, eternal rewards. That's why we have to live our lives, not with just the present moment, but to have that eternal perspective that we talked about in week number one. And so what does this really mean? Jesus is being real practical here. And what he's talking about, if I just boil this down to one word, you know what I would say? Jesus is talking about being faithful. Being faithful. And I think for some of us, maybe new in our faith, it's time for us to take that step. You know what, God? I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to start just being faithful. And if that's where you are, I just encourage you, start being faithful. Second type of person I think that we have uh, in our church family right now, it's not do what we should do, it's do what we could do. Do what we could do. I don't have to, nobody has to be involved with this. I don't want anyone to feel like that, that you have to be involved with this, this uh, legacy uh, initiative and our legacy lands. You don't have to. You know what, instead, and I hope no one has that perspective, you get to. You don't have to. You get to. And there's a big difference between those two. It's like, for instance, uh, you know, sometimes you go out to a restaurant and you get incredible service. You know, there's kind of like a somewhat an un, unspoken amount that should be tipped. You know, it used to be like 10%, and then it went up to like 15%. And some of you cheap folks are surprised I said that it went up to 15%. You're looking like, wait, what? When did that happen? You know, and sometimes it's even 20%. But if it's just you get outstanding service, what is it you do? You may even leave a little bit more. Not because you have to, but because you get to. That's this group that I'm talking about now do what we could do, not because we have to, but because we get to. Leave a little extra big tip. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 3 and 4 puts it this way. There was a great need in Macedonia at the time, and, and, and Paul talked to the church of Corinth, and they actually had a special offering. And listen to this. This is crazy. I don't know I've ever seen this in a church before. But look at what happened. Paul talks about it. They gave, that was the, those for the offering, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability in this offering, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service. I've never heard anyone beg, can we please have an offering? I've never, 27 years, I've never heard anyone beg. Can we please have an offering? That's what happened to the church there. They, they, they were so engaged, not under any pressure, entirely on their own. Nobody's calling you saying you need to give this amount. No one's twisting your arm. What we believe is this. 
Just like Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know me, and I know them, and they won't listen to another. And we're just saying pray. Just pray, then give, then go. Just do whatever it is that God calls you to do. I think this is such a beautiful picture. They gave as much as they were able. They gave what they could, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. No slick sales pitch, no pressure. And they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service. They saw it as something that they get to do, the privilege, instead of something that they had to do. If I had to boil down this whole verse right here into one word, you know the one word I would say? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. They gave as much as they were able and even beyond it. They, they made some sacrifices. And I think for some of us, that's where we are. Our faith is growing. We've been walking with Jesus for a while. And it's time, like, God's saying, sacrifice. And if that's what he's saying, then answer it. If he's saying be faithful, take that first step of being faithful, then answer it and do that. See, I believe this, and I see this in this passage even, in 2 Corinthians here, 8, 3 through 4. See, grace, God's grace, not only frees us from our sins, but it also frees us from ourselves. When God's grace hits your life and my life, it not only frees us from our sins, it frees us from ourselves. And the grace of God will open your heart. And just like these folks here, it'll also open your hand. That's what happens when God's grace hits our hearts. It's like all of a sudden we just see everything completely differently and like God everything that I have it belongs to you anyway and so what do you want me to do how do you want me to handle this and so I think that some of us were do what we should do another part of us uh, do what we could do and then there's a third group and and this is where I would certainly put those those legacy leaders that have already made that commitment and still coming in that I shared with you already do what we would do if do what we would do if. Do you know how this church has gotten to where it is today? <laughs> I remember the stage was a little bit different back then, but it was, it was just about 17 years ago. I was sitting on the stage with some of the staff, and I asked a crazy question. I said, you know what? What would we do with this building if money wasn't an issue? You know what someone said? I think it'd be kind of cool to like have almost like a Starbucks in the front. Wouldn't that be cool? And I was like, really? And we started talking about that. We, it was, we'd never seen a church that had done anything like that. That was before. That was like the in vogue thing now. We, we'd never seen a church, never heard of a church that did something like that. And we're like, yeah, that sounds. And, and people could come and get a warm cup of coffee and also experience the presence of God at the same time. How cool would that be? And then we started talking about, how about instead of these purple padded pews that used to be here and the purple carpeting, well, what if it was just more, much more relaxed where people could just come as they are and be comfortable if money wasn't an issue? What, what would we do if? So you know what? I, I'm a dreamer, and, and I love being around dreamers. Because dreamers are never, that'll never work. Dreamers are always like, let's find a way to make it work. Let's find a way to make it work. And you know what I love about the Valley family? There's a lot of dreamers in this family. 
And I want to encourage you to dream. I want to encourage you to dream of creative ways to reach the people that are in your sphere. I, I, want, I want to encourage you to dream and to think about how can I make a greater impact right where I am? What would I do if, if I knew that God was going to be with me, what would I do? How would I live differently if I knew that God was with me every step of the way? And here's a newsflash. He is. He is. Every step of the way. What would I do if, if God was with me, what would I do? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. Again, just amazing some of the stuff in the New Testament about what we're talking about here. Look at what it says about God. If, what would I do if? Now he who supplies seed to the sower, that's God who supplies, seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. This is an incredible promise when you think about it. It says that God supplies seed to the sower. What is a sower? It's a farmer, right? And he gets the seed. And what does he do with the seed? He holds it in his pockets and says, I'm hanging on to all of it. No. What does a sower do? He throws the seed. It says that he who supplies seed to the sower, not the stower hanging on to, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And watch the context so we don't over-spiritualize this. The next verse. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. He's talking about money. And through us, your generosity will result in what? Thanksgiving to God. Thanksgiving to God. That God says, let me see what you're going to do with what I put in your hand. And that's why I think that third group in the Valley family. That's saying, what would I do if I believed what the Bible says is actually true? What would I do? And I think those are the three groups in our church. What should I do, what could I do, and what would I do if I really believed this and I was trusting in God all the way? If I had to sum up this passage here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, one word, you know what I would sum it up as? Faith. Faith. It takes, this, this takes faith. This takes just trust in God. Okay, God. I'm just going to believe that you really will. Let's go back. Could we go back to the previous verse here? He, I'm just going to trust God that you will supply the seed to me and the bread for food will also supply and increase the store of that seed and will enlarge the harvest of my righteousness and go to the next slide. And you will, and you will make me rich in every way so that I can be generous on every occasion. And through my generosity will result in thanksgiving. To God summing all that up I think it's that group in our church family that would say I'm going to do what would I do if I really believed what God's saying because really all this is about people and, and that's why I'm not showing the picture of Poughkeepsie building again because it's not about that it's just a tool 
It's all about people. And each one of these messages over the last few weeks, we, we've shared a story of just someone just like you, a person in our church, just allowing them to share the story of what God's done in their life. All three, and we're, we're going to end with another story right now. But, but all three of these stories, none of these people were in this church three years ago. It's all been since. Three years ago, our church family said, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to start another campus because we want to reach as many people as we possibly can. So we're real strategic in just those three people sharing their story. And so actually, I, I think, well, I'm not sure this one, uh, I think came right about that time that we were doing all that. And, and now I just want to ask you to just give your attention to Nuche Lopez. So I was mistaken, it was about five years ago uh, that that happened. Pastor Bob there, some of you may remember, that's uh, my father-in-law. He, he retired when he turned 70 um, and just so dearly loved, was on staff for 10 years uh, here. Um, and I remember Bob saying to me, he's like, you know that Nuche guy? I'm going to help him out. And uh, now, if you've ever been on Valley Online on a Sunday morning, guess who's praying for you every Sunday? It's Nuche and his wife, Crystal serving, helping, reaching, doing all they can. Just an amazing story. Those two months while their son was in the hospital, after just attending our church one month, that the church family is just like, we got to rally around these folks. They need us right now. And, and I love that what he said there, and I actually just saw this for the first time earlier today, uh, where he said, for us, the church is more like a home than a church. That's why I refer to the Valley family. That's what it's all about. It's about people. It's not about sheetrock and laminated beams and lighting. It's about people. And we want to make sure that what we do in this life lives on after we're long gone. And that's what legacy is all about. So I'm going to ask, would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for speaking to us. Lord, we thank you that, that Jesus said that, that his sheep hear his voice and they know him. And, and Lord, we just right now, as uh, we're in this time as a church family of contemplation, and we're asking, God, what would you have us do? Lord, I pray that you just speak to each and every one of us. And, and Father, that we would we'd pray, and then we'd give, and then we'd go. And Lord, we're just believing with everything in us that, Lord, there's going to be so many more stories of lives and families that have been changed, Lord, because we're willing to take that step to pray, take that step to give, take that step to go, and to leave a legacy, Lord, that will outlive us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Valley Christian Church located in Hopewell Junction, New York. Please visit us online at valleychristianchurch.net for more information. Thank you.